Okay, hello, hello, hello. Welcome back, everybody. Um, Before we get into this episode, I wanted to do something real quick. Uh, Just a small request I have as we prepare to turn over the calendars to a new NBA season. Um, I want to ask my fellow Mavs fans to enjoy this season. Enjoy it. Focus on what is in front of us, the opportunity we have, how far we can go with this team. I I feel like I've, I'm already seeing way too much talk about next offseason. If we spend all year talking about next offseason, we're not appreciating the players in front of us, the talent in front of us, the opportunity that this current season presents. Luka's being talked about as an MVP candidate. The Mavs are being talked about as a, a top five team in the NBA. Let's let's talk about how far this team can go. Let's let's talk about that. I don't want to hear a bunch of talk about what trade we can make or who we can get in the offseason. That's that's not who I want us to be as a fan base. That's what those other teams do. That's not what the Mavs do. Um, I understand you, you might be a little perplexed. Because that's what we've been doing for a few years now. But those days are behind us. We are a playoff team. Our goals should be focused on competing with what we have on the team right now. So uh, if you want to be speculative, go ahead and do that. Just don't do it with me. Uh, I, I don't want to answer a bunch of, qu- bunch of questions about who we can target in the offseason and things like that. So uh, this is the, the, the notice right now up front. I will not be paying any attention to those questions. I'm not thinking about that. I want to focus on the right now. I'll be glad when this whole Giannis decision saga is behind us. Um, I'm really hoping he does the the Supermax before the 21st because I, I'm, I'm going to be so annoyed watching all the speculation all season. But I'm going to do my best to ignore it regardless. So, again, enjoy this team. Enjoy the opportunity that this season presents. And when we get eliminated from the playoffs, if that occurs, or we win the title, hey, who knows? Then we can start talking about the offseason. And with that said, we're going to get into the actual podcast now. Hello and welcome back yet again to the Bibbs Corner Podcast. I am your host as always, Mike Bibbins, on Twitter at Bibbs Corner uh, for all the sports content. And uh, I'm coming to you today with a pre-preseason mailbag, uh, mostly questions. I do have some some housekeeping I want to do up front, so let's get into that. First of all, a huge, huge thank you to all the podcasters who joined me for the season preview pieces that released last weekend. Uh, Two giant podcasts, both two hours long, interviews with people from five different podcasts on each. Uh, They were very well received, I believe, and uh, everybody brought their A-game, so I definitely appreciate that. Nobody was just showing up, so... Uh, quick thank you to Dalton, Reese, Kenny, Sydney, Lauren, Grant, Brown Jay, and Fazel, Andrew, Ben, and Black Jay. 
Don and Ruben, Reed from Ballscast. Thank you all, and apologies to the Jays. I had to make sure I distinguished y'all. Um, <laughs> but thank everybody for coming through. Uh, again, it was a lot of fun. It was very difficult on my body, but a lot of fun. I uh, thought we got into some good stuff, and hopefully, hopefully, some new people were introduced to you, and um, I don't know, maybe, maybe you got some new listeners out of it. <laughs> Um, what else do we have on the docket? Okay, this past week I did make appearances on two other podcasts. Uh, first of all, I appeared on Bruh WTF, and that's B R U H WTF with my man Mike and Hawk, uh, talking hip hop, best albums of all time, best three album runs of all time. Uh, top five dead or alive, best mixtapes of all time, all that good stuff. So check out Bruh WTF uh, podcast uh, if you want to if you want to check out that conversation. I uh, had a good time with them. Probably going to be back on that podcast very frequently. Um, also made an appearance with uh, Reese Kenny in a brief cameo by 44th President Barack Obama on the, the Mind of Reese Mavs Roundtable. I had a lot of fun on that one. Uh, talking, just talking trash mostly, and uh, raw and unfiltered. Uh, so, so definitely check that out. If you know anything about Reese or Kenny, you know things probably got a little crazy over there. So, uh, definitely check that out. Uh, upcoming appearances uh, this this coming week. I I plan to, and I'm 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 three months late, four months late on this. I had some some personal stuff come up the last time I was supposed to be. Uh, joining Jay Fazel and Rohan over on the Unfiltered Tiger Sweat podcast, but I, I'm hoping to make that happen this coming week. Uh, we're going to be talking um, albums of the year for 2020. So uh, I think I put out a call for people to send me albums they wanted me to listen to that I maybe hadn't. So I'm going to be binging those over the weekend, and uh, yeah, should be recording that sometime next week. And then I'm also potentially 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 really uh potentially going to be joining uh at least one of the guys from buckets and beyond again if you haven't checked them out yet definitely do it uh should be joining hope maybe joining i'll say them for some some uh some spider-man mcu talk so uh definitely be on the lookout for that I'll, i'll always share links when it goes down and then finally the last thing i have to get to if you go to my Twitter account, and that's the at Bibbs Corner Twitter account, my pinned tweet is a survey. Um, I'm looking to get some feedback from, from the community. Um, I think I have a pretty strong listener base at this point, and I love interacting with everybody, and I encourage feedback, negative or positive. Um, so I wanted to give you guys the opportunity to influence the direction of the show. Uh, it's a very short survey. I think it's 10 total questions. Most of them are multiple choice or like multiple answer. You can select more than one. Um, a few people have already done it. And I'm just a couple responses short of my minimum goal on that, really, which I thank you to everybody who's already done it. Um, so if you have a minute or two, I know I said two to five minutes initially. It, it won't take you five minutes unless you write me an essay in the feedback portion. I'll take you a minute or two, knock that out. Uh, I do appreciate it. Um, Again, that's on my pinned tweet. It's a a survey, a link. It's very simple. 
uh, doesn't not very invasive. You don't have to put your name on it if you don't want. Um, and I'm thinking I, I might I might try to do a little something for the people that fill it out. And uh, I'll let you guys know if I can make that happen or not. All right. So that's that's really all I have for the housekeeping portion. Uh, we'll take a quick break and then we'll get straight into these questions. Okay, welcome back. So we have moved now to the uh, the question portion of the mailbag, which is what you've all been waiting for. Uh, I think I got about fourteen or fifteen questions here, so uh, let's let's get into it. Uh, first question comes from at Mav Slander, uh, who said, "Will you invite me to join your podcast someday?" Well, of course, I will. Uh, I don't think I've been stingy with the uh, the podcast invites definitely enjoy having guests on people seem to like the guest appearances so uh we just have to make it happen man send me a dm i'll I'll try to get you in the schedule (laughs) um it's gonna be tough during the season that's why i tried to do a bunch of guest appearances in the off season because i'm gonna be mostly doing recaps and i don't want to flood the airwaves with content so between the recaps um it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see where I what kind of content I'm gonna be doing in between the recaps. So uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, but definitely, if you want to get on, if you can tell me uh, something you want to talk about or whatever the case may be, hit me up. Like I said, I'm not stingy about it. Uh, moving forward, uh, PNWMFFL said, "Who's the NBA player that you loved and then lost total respect for?" And I know you gave me an example of Dennis Rodman and you use some off the court stuff as your reason for why you lost respect for him. But I want to keep it to basketball with my answer because I can't think of uh, a player I lost respect for for off the court stuff, off the dome. So for me as a player, not as a man, I'm going to say Kevin Durant. Um, I was pulling for him to to be in that that goat discussion against LeBron and to be the guy to dethrone him, to to dethrone Steph, all that good stuff. And he came close. They were up three one on the Warriors. You know, I was I was feeling it. I was I was liking what they were doing. And then they blew that lead and Durant caved. He went and joined them since he couldn't beat them. And, you know, I think he tarnished his legacy. Like nobody I I'm not gonna say nobody. Some people do. A lot of people don't give him credit for those rings that he won in Golden State because you pretty much went to a team that had already won a championship and was ready-made for a title. So you just kind of piled on to something that was already a success. You didn't build it from the dirt. Um, Even if you were technically the best player on the team, it's hard to to give you credit for that um, when you're looking at greatness. So now he's in Brooklyn. Uh, He's coming off a serious injury. And if they do it in Brooklyn, even though he's with Kyrie, that's a tandem. That's not a super team. I love tandems. Tandems are good. You need somebody to play off of. So if he does it in Brooklyn, now we're now we're having a conversation about greatness. Um, so I'm excited to see what he does this year. We'll probably get into that later based on some of the questions I saw. But um, on top of, you know, caving and joining the team that should have been your rival, 
um, all the the stuff with the burner on the on the timeline and stuff like that was weird. Um, I I personally like if I was a fan still at that point I I wouldn't have been able to defend it. So, I don't know. That must be a DMV thing. I I remember Wale back in the day used to be on the timeline getting emotional with fans and stuff. So, um, again, we're gonna see Durant with another chance to to stake his claim in that greatness, that upper echelon. If you watched, if you saw the GOAT series, you see he came out very high already. So, you know, he's he's technically in that discussion, but again, if doing it in Brooklyn is gonna gonna help him get across that plateau I think he's at uh, because of how he got his rings. Next question comes from Jacob Clendenning. And his question was, who's gonna have the better sophomore season if health is not an issue? Ja Morant or Zion, or Zion, I believe is how they pronounce it. Uh, and then he asked, um, who's the, who are the non-Mavs I'm most excited to watch this season? So first question, Ja or Zion, better sophomore year. Um, you know, I had them rank one and two, much like everyone else coming out of the draft. Uh, I do think they're both special players. I think Ja has a, a strong team around him. Uh, however, with Jaron Jackson Jr. out for a while, I do think he's going to be fighting an uphill battle in this one. Um, if Zion is healthy, which is one of the stipulations you, you, you said, I think he looks good physically, like he's slimmed down. Uh, still strong, but slimmed down some, so like the baby fat looks like it should be gone. Uh, I have to say Zion. I think he's easy easily could average 25 and 12 maybe even close to 29 or so um hopefully gets more active defensively blocking shots and getting steals getting out in the open floor and um for me i question how much more scoring potential jaw's gonna show this year i think he averaged about 18 a game last year he might break 20 but i i can't see him getting up to 25 where i, I expect Mr. Williamson to be. As far as players that I am excited for that are not on the Mavericks this season, I really could go down a list. I watch a lot of basketball. I get league pass so I can watch any game I want, any time I want. And uh, so first of all, Dame Dalla, I got to put him at the top of the list. My favorite player in the league. I think he's got a great team around him. I'm excited to see what he can do with a team around him. No excuses. Um, next on my list is Drew Holiday. Uh, I've always loved him. Now he's in a position on a team with title aspirations. He's going to have a lot of attention on him for the first time. I want him to show people how good he really is and, and start getting those flowers that he deserves. Um, next, I'm going to go Russell Westbrook. Uh, I think he's in a new, healthier situation for him. And he's in the East. So I, I I love it. I love that trade for him. I'm glad he's away from James Harden. Look, I, I can't I'm not gonna sit here and pretend I'm the biggest Westbrook fan, but I respect him as a man and like as a his heart of a champion, if you will. Um I think he's in a much better situation in Washington. No, they do not have any defense whatsoever. But with Westbrook as a hard driving player, you got Beal who's a bucket. And then they just got shooters everywhere. Everybody's can score. Uh, that that team is gonna be. I think they're gonna be fun to watch. Um. And then next, KD. Uh, I mentioned it already. 
I hate on him for what he did going to Golden State, but I'm excited to see what he looks like this year. I'm excited to see the bounce back. Uh, next is going to be Steph. Again, another player you may hear me hate on occasionally. But uh, I was excited to see what he did last year without Clay and KD. We were robbed of that. And so, unfortunately, Clay has gone down again. Uh, so he's going to be without them again. Uh, they did add some weaponry for him, but I, I want to see what Steph does. I want to see Steph show what he can really do when he doesn't have all the help that he has had in years past. So definitely looking forward to that. And then finally, uh, LaMelo. Um, obviously, I live in South Carolina. They are the closest team to me. I always pull for them to do well in the draft because I like having good basketball to watch. Uh, no fans in the arena this year. Perfectly fine with me. Uh, but I, I'm I'm excited to see what he does. I think he's in a great situation for himself. I uh, think he'll eventually push Terry Rozier out. But um, I'm, I'm curious how quickly LaMelo comes along. I know he's already going to be a fan favorite. Um, even for people outside of Charlotte, people are actually going to watch Charlotte basketball just for him. So definitely excited about it. And, um, yeah, I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. Moving forward, next question comes from my man Josh uh, at Sparrow 1205 and he made me do homework. Uh, first said, award predictions for this year. So this one, this one gets fun. Um, I, try to, I try to think of it logically, so I'm going to break it down. I just did the main awards. I didn't do like all NBA teams, stuff like that. So first of all, defensive player of the year. Um, I think Gobert has a good shot of taking it back. I think AD is going to be up there. And then I think Drew is going to get a boost because of how underrated his defense has been historically. And Giannis, of course, is going to be up there as well. So <clears throat> if here's my my stipulations, if. The Lakers completely dominate the world this year, like some expect. I think AD gets it. If the Jazz finish top three in the league, I think Gobert gets it. If the Bucks dominate the East again and Giannis or Drew do something more than they've done in the past, so if Giannis blocks increase tremendously or his rebounds increase uh, dramatically then Giannis can steal it again if Drew if that Bucks defense is like somehow boosted higher than they were last year and Drew is doing more than he has done in years past on a statistical basis which is what a lot of these people care about then I think that Drew gets it and you might see that as a cop-out but I, I'm just laying out the landscape this is how this works uh, you need a narrative to get to that over that mountaintop. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to skip MVP for now. Rookie of the year. This one I took my time with as well. Uh, a lot of people like old buddy in Chicago, but I think he has too many guys that are going to keep the ball away from him to where he's not going to get the opportunity. Um, Acaro in Cleveland, I don't think has enough guys <laughs> to take attention away from him to where he's going to be able to do enough. Um, so I, I'll come back to LaMelo. I think he's one of those guys. I, I think he could have an MCW-type rookie year. Like, I don't think he's going to 
come out the gate scoring 20, but I think he can come out and score 14 with eight or nine assists um, and then like seven, eight rebounds. And if it gets higher than that, then I think he has an even better shot. Uh, I think his high profile, the fact that there's going to be a lot of eyes on him if he has like a big game against a certain team, I, th- I think that's going to boost his numbers. And I-, I think a lot of those guys that are the most talented are on teams that are also way too talented and are going to take attention and or attempts away from them, like Edwards and Wiseman, stuff like that. Uh, six man of the year, another tough one because we don't really know how lineups are going to shake out. Uh, I narrowed it down to five guys. And again, it just depends on how lineups shake out. I think Schroeder is going to be another candidate. I think Trey Burke in Dallas is going to be a candidate. I think he's going to be our bucket getter off the bench that we wanted Seth to be. And Seth, you know, he kind of held it down, but he was inconsistent. I think consistency from Burke is going to be the key there. Uh, Dinwiddie's going to have a really good shot at that if the the Nets don't end up trading him away. Dinwiddie or Levert there. Uh, Gary Harris on the Nuggets. Uh, Jordan Clarkson on the Jazz as well. Uh, So those are my, my candidates, in my opinion. If I had to pick, I think it's going to be one of the Nets guys. Um, I think you have to expect, and I hate saying it, but you kind of have to expect that uh, Kyrie may go down at some point. And I think that Dinwiddie benefits from that for at least a few weeks where he gets to play more minutes uh, and or start for a little while, but not enough to start more than half the games. And he steals that award. Um most improved player was another tough one. Again, we don't know how these lineups are going to shake out yet. Uh, I've narrowed it down to Dante DiVincenzo and Gary Trent Jr. So Gary Trent Jr. showed a lot in the bubble and in the season when a lot of injuries happen. I think he's going to come back just as hot or hotter than ever. There's more talent on that team to take attention away from him. He's going to be able to get some buckets off the bench for that team. And then... DiVincenzo, because of the Bucks' moves, uh, I think I saw somewhere that he's potentially going to be starting at the two for the Bucks. So I think his his just his volume increasing is going to help him uh, get those buckets and get on the radar. Uh, going back to MVP, I think Giannis getting two in a row and then flailing out in the playoffs voters are going to be tired of giving him that award when he doesn't show that he earned it in the postseason um i think the lakers are too stacked and lebron and ad are kind of gonna push each other away from that award because they're i I don't want to say splitting votes but that's basically what it comes down to i think if the mavs finish top three then you know the luka agenda will win uh, that award and the wild card I'll throw out there I didn't write this one down but the wild card I'll throw out there is KD if the the Nets finish top two three in the east and he has a big season then KD could definitely steal that award as well uh, what else have I got I do have a coach of the year I uh, narrowed it down to Terry Stotts if the Blazers come out blazing uh, whoever finishes that there's that that three two top two three seed in the in the West, if it's not Denver or one of the LA teams, I think the candidates are the Mavs, the Blazers, and the Jazz. 
one of those teams ends up top three, then their coach is coach of the year. That's Stotts, Carlisle, Quinn Snyder. So I think both all three of those teams are teams that people sleep on and don't expect to do well. They almost always overperform expectations. And um, whichever one does the most overperforming is getting that Coach of the Year award. Uh, Josh then also decided to make me do more homework. Shout out to my, my man Josh. And that's Jay Sparrow 1205. Does not tweet, but I'll say it anyway. Uh, he asked me who had the best and worst City Edition jerseys. And he also added that the Mavs City Edition jerseys were fire. So, uh, let's start with the worst. The worst ones, I gotta go with the Brooklyn Nets with the goofy font. It looks childish. I don't like that, if you recall from last year, with the Mavs childish jerseys. Uh, secondly, we're gonna go with the Bucks. I don't understand it. I don't like it. It's boring. New Orleans is number three on this list with the... I just think the the the... The blocking on the jersey, it's just the white is too much. It's too much white and plain and boring. So New Orleans gets it next. Um, Orlando, way too much orange. Orange is one of the worst colors uh, ever. And I think even if they had changed the pinstripes to a gray, that's the, the same gray as I think like the coloring is on the letters um, or on like the interior of the letters or the stitching, they had made those pinstripes gray. I think we're, ta- we're having a completely different conversation. That orange in the middle of the jersey will start to pop. But when you make the pinstripes orange as well, it just it's just too much. It looks like a bleached jersey. Um, and then last but not least, the Warriors, just because of PTSD purposes, don't like those jerseys. Uh, best, best jerseys. First of all, I got to go Atlanta with the MLK joints. Beautiful. Love them. Might see me in Atlanta. Might see me in some Atlanta gear. I'm not gonna, not gonna lie. Number two is Memphis. Uh, I love the colors and the the designs on the side, paneling of the jersey. Just beautiful. Just, just like it. It looks like a shirt you can wear casually on a night out of town. Um, <laughs> uh, number three, I gotta go. Put the Suns in there. The gradient is 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 excellent. You, you know, I love those historically with the Jazz and stuff like that. Um, my sleeper, I'm going to go with Chicago. I, I think it's a very clean, old school, classic look. I like it. I like the, the, the numbers, all that. It's beautiful. And then finally, uh, I had, I struggled with this fifth one, but I'm going to go with Charlotte. Uh, the mint and, you know, the gold accents on it. And if you pay attention to the ones I chose, everyone except the Suns has the gold accents on the jersey, so uh, maybe it's just the gold accents I like, but uh love all four of those jerseys, clean jerseys. Jerseys and designs I can wear and not feel like I'm wearing a jersey necessarily. Um, moving on, we've got, and I, I don't know if you noticed, I put the, the Mavs-related questions to the, to the back, so once we start getting into the Mavs-related questions, you'll know where we're reaching the, the, the second half of the question portion. So the next question comes from at the Don Luca. How long till we see big ball rotation with genuine point forwards quarterbacking the offense with other athletic big surrounding? 
So I, I took that question as not being Mavericks related. I think it's like a basketball how how the how the game is changing type question. Um, I decided uh, two or three years. Honestly, I think we're maybe two or three years away from that. When you look at Ben Simmons, when you look at Luca, um, I can't think of the kid's name at Oklahoma State. I'm mad at myself. Uh, guard point guards are getting bigger. Point point forwards are the wave right now. You would have thought it would have happened earlier with LeBron, but um, you know guys are are working on those perimeter skills. The big men are shooting more threes now. Uh, they're not working on those post moves. So, I think Denver played around with it in the bubble. I mean, they got Bowl Bowl playing the two at seven foot four. So I think we're very close to that being a thing. And whatever team loads up on those big players that are six, seven plus that can do the guard stuff and hang with the the smaller guards, then that team is going to be dangerous. So watch out for that. Uh, The Mavs are a candidate for that. So Um, what else we got? What else we got? All right. Scotch V and that's Scotch V-E-E brings us our first Mavs question and it is minutes per game James Johnson Josh Green Tyrell Terry he said etc but I'm gonna stick with those three because I don't etc gets uh interesting so if this team is really going to be competing for home court like I expect then I think it will be James Johnson that gets more minutes out of the three that were listed uh I think Josh Green has a better chance to get minutes than Tyrell Terry uh, but I do think the vets are going to get the most run uh, as the the rotational guys. Um, it just makes the most sense to me. I think Terry's like the fifth or sixth guard, depending on how you want to look at. Uh, I think Green has a chance to maybe sneak in there as some three from time to time. Uh, next question comes from at the Tyler Boston. And I think I'm combining this one with another one. Yes. Yeah, we'll we'll do these next two combined. And the next one, the third one is somewhat similar to the other, but uh, we'll we'll break that one off. So the first one, at the Tyler Boston said, who should start at the four for Dallas and why is it Maxi? And then Osu, and that's O-S-U-U, King, said, uh, what is your ideal starting lineup with and without KP? So that's why I combined those two. So I did answer this question on the Mind of Reese podcast uh, with Kenny this past weekend. So, or I said weekend, it just came out yesterday. So the, a couple of days ago, Mind of Reese podcast uh, with Kenny, we did go over roster lineup stuff. I'll give you my answer real quick. Um, I want Maxie to start while KP is out. And I want James Johnson to start at the four when KP is back. Um, my ideal starting lineup without KP is Luca, Richardson, Timmy, Maxie, and Willie Cauley-Stein. My, my philosophy being Maxie on offense is a shooter. Willie Cauley-Stein is a roller. And <clears throat> while Willie Colley Stein can block some shots, he also just gets in the way, and that allows Maxie to be 
in his my preferred role for him as a secondary rim protector where he can come over from the weak side and clean things up. And Willie Colley-Stein can do some of that too in the reverse. So uh, I like that that potential on that lineup. And Patrick Engineer says, uh, who do we want to play the starting center and power forward? And who is the best five on the bench, third unit, 11th to 17th players, blah, 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 blah. So for me, if I was in charge, which I am very aware that I am not, my starting lineup, everybody healthy, would be Luka, Richardson, Hardaway, Porzingis, Kali Stein. Uh, when we play teams with some size, when we play teams that go small, then I would swap Kali Stein with James Johnson. So it would be Luka, Jay Rich, Tim Hardaway, James Johnson, KP. So those are my my five. And you might say, why Johnson, Kali Stein over Maxi? Because I think Maxi has the most offensive potential, and we don't need all the offensive potential in the starting lineup. Um, that fifth guy needs to be doing the dirty work. Everybody else, I mean, Richardson obviously is going to be doing some dirty work on the perimeter. I want somebody that's going to do dirty work in the paint. I don't want to hear about KP being a center or a shot blocker. KP being the lone interior defender is problematic for KP's legs. Um, I would prefer Johnson or Kelly Stein be out there with him. Off the bench, I would have Brunson and Burke. I know a lot of people may not enjoy that small lineup complimenting the Luka J. Rich, but I'm fine with those two coming off together off the bench, especially when you include Dorian Finney-Smith at the three, Maxie at the four. Um, those are both cleanup type guys. And then Dwight Powell at the five, uh, Max Power back together. Dwight, not a great interior defender, but he can get away in the way long enough for Maxie to come over and clean up, which is what I like. Then we move to the, the end of the bench. So the next three guys, in my opinion, Boban, Josh Green, and Wundu, uh, I think those are the, the 13 on the on the bench. And then I think Terry ends up being that 14th guy. I think he bumps up if one of the guards gets hurt. And then, of course, uh, 16 and... 16. I'm, I'm, I've lost count. You know what? I don't care. Hinton and Bay, I think, are very, very deep off in the bench. We'll be surprised if they see any court time after the preseason ends. Moving forward yet again. <clears throat> and maybe I should take a breath. I feel like I've been going nonstop without breathing for a while. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Okay. Next is at Beatrix underscore 88. And I'm going to reword his uh, tweet because it is uh, <laughs> not child friendly. So are you OK with all this Luca fellating? I uh, said I'm scared of all the hype praise. I have no idea how a 21 year old man can handle this. Uh, last year, he had to prove everyone wrong. This year, he has to prove everyone right, and that's a big difference. And so for me, I personally do not enjoy being a front runner. If you know me, you know that. Uh, I prefer when my team is an underdog. Like you said, being uh, be proving everybody wrong is a different ball game. I enjoy being in that, that mold. That's who I've been 
all my life uh, as the underdog. So that's what I, what I lean toward. Um, I genuinely don't think Luca cares, though. Like I, like he seems annoyed when people ask him questions about his greatness and stuff. I really think he just enjoys playing basketball. I don't think the pressure has gotten to him yet. I think when he gets to a point where he's in Giannis's position right now, where he's been eliminated from the playoffs a couple times, when people thought he shouldn't have been, and then people are questioning that greatness, I think that's when it'll start to bother him. Right now, he's just having fun. The team is taking a step forward every year. If we get to the playoffs this year and lose in the first round, then we start to have to worry about how Luka's feeling. So I think this year we can enjoy it, enjoy the ride. If things start going off the rails early, then then we can start to worry. But as of right now, I think I think Luca's good. Uh, at Allison underscore MFFL said, who's going to be our third highest scorer on the team? Um, I saw some people saying Porzingis and... I don't think that's going to happen. I think bubble Porzingis, second half of the season, Porzingis was scoring almost 30 points a game. Say what you want about him coming off an injury. The injury he had is not that deep. Uh, Once he's back, it is what it is. Um, He's going to be getting buckets. When I look at Timmy, I thought Timmy averaged more points a game last year than he did. He only averaged like 15 points something or other. Uh, Richardson is also in that range. I think his highest score season was about 16. Uh, it's going to be very close between those two. I think that Richardson ends up having a bigger role on the team this year. And so I'm I'm going to go with Richardson. I'm also expecting that Luka, the Luka effect to take hold of him. So if they're taking the same amount of shots, and I think Richardson is going to be more of a slasher than Timmy, uh, I, I'm going to say Richardson by a nose. Um <clears throat> as the third score. Even if KP misses a lot of games, I think he's going to be averaging over 20 points. Next question comes from PDX underscore Mavs. Who is the worst player I would trade KP for? Let me take a sip off of that. So I was not paying that much attention to my mentions, but I did notice that this question got a little testy on the timeline. Um, I won't address that, but I did do some research for this question. Uh, I had to go to the point per game leader list to to kind of get my baseline for what I'm looking for. Uh, KP, I think, is safe, averaging about 20 and 10. I think he complements Luka decently on the offensive end at least. And um, if I'm trading KP, I got to replace that type of production with that. I don't think I would do it for a guard of any sort because we then would have to figure out what to do with the four or five or whatever. We need some type of complimentary scoring, somebody that can roll, somebody that can get dunked, somebody that that does some different things and is capable of doing different things in a different part of the court than Luca. Um, I don't want a guard. So, eliminating guards from the list, I got down to four names. And I really tried to go lower. I I just really couldn't get there. So, the four names I came down to are guys that are those borderline all-stars. Because I think the KP is a borderline all-star. I came down to, and I, I came up with a list because everybody values players differently. So, I want you to get an idea what type of player I'm looking at. 
So I came down to Brandon Ingram, uh, Pascal Siakam, uh, Nikola Vucevic, and Rudy Gobert. So that that fringe all-star type of guy. Um, And I, again, think that they all can play off of Luka very well um, in one way, shape, or form. And I don't care how you feel about any of those players. Uh, I think they would... I could I would be willing to make that move for all four just because I think they're either as good as Porzingis or better and I trust their bodies more. And that just kind of is what it is when you look at it. Um you might hate the Gobert idea. But I will say you lack vision. If you don't think that the Gobert idea should even be fathomable. Uh, And I'll say even almost the same from Vucevic. Uh, I don't think you've watched him play basketball if you don't think you wouldn't do that type of move. Based on what we know about Porzingis and the, the constant fear and thought we have to have dealing with Porzingis. Uh, I love Chris Dapps. I want him to be that guy. I want him to be healthy. I want him to be the future. But until he does it, I can't be comfortable about it. So, again, last year my goal for him was to make it through the year. I should have been more specific. Uh, He made it through the regular season and then got hurt in the playoffs. So this year my goal for Porzingis is to make it through the end of the playoffs without a major injury. <clears throat> so if we can do that, I'll be happy. Now, just for 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 fun, I took it a step further. In a vacuum, if we got a call to trade, do a sign and trade for Drummond, <laughs> I would hesitate to turn that down. And again, this comes back to having vision and the health situation. If I got a call about Jonas Valanciunas, I would have to consider it. And again, this is about complementary skill sets and having someone there to do a job versus having to worry about them not being there to do the job. So... Again, I hesitate on those two. I don't think I could pull the trigger. The four Ingram, Siakam, Vucevic, Gobert. I'll pull. I think I pull the trigger on all four of those guys. Uh, I'll look forward to your messages about that one. <laughs> um, and finally, we are at the end. My man Jose Monteleon. Uh, the at J Montelli on on Twitter. Said if Luca wasn't white, would people think he was good? And if you don't know where that question came from, that was a topic of debate today on the timeline is if Luca's overrated because he's white. The answer is no. Sometimes a guy's just good and the level of melanin in his skin is not a factor. Um I brought this up on the timeline as well, so a couple other people made the comparison. Did Eminem have more success than 
comparable black artist because he's white. As far as financial success, by the way. Yes. Eminem himself has said that. He's more marketable to white audiences. He appeals more to white audiences. White audiences are the majority in this country. So, yes. Does Luca get more attention than, you know, he would if he was a, a black player or or more? Uh, is he more marketable in that sense? Maybe. At some point, you hit a point where you can't be overrated. LeBron is there. And I think Luca is there. He's doing things that only LeBron and Oscar Robertson have done in NBA history. He's on record lists with guys that are easily Hall of Famers, top 10, 15, 20 of all time. So at that point, you've crossed the threshold to where it's impossible to overrate you. If you are, if you can be the MVP in the league, and if you're the, you're, he's literally the odds-on favorite for the award. If you're considered potentially the best player in the league, you cannot be overrated. I don't care what color you are. If Zork Mavorkbork from from uh, Venus's third moon, I just made some shit up. From from uh, Saturn's third moon, from Titan. If uh, if a Titan came down from from the from the stars, and they allowed him to play NBA basketball, and he averaged twenty nine nine and nine, you can't overrate him. Just don't stop overthinking it. And this guy, in particular was like, you know, naming top 10 players as the guys who put up similar similar numbers. And I'm like, okay, all those guys are people that are in the discussion for the best player in the league. What what point are you trying to make at this point? Find me some guy who's putting up similar numbers and is not being talked about like Luca is. His answer was Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal averaged less than half the rebounds that Luca averaged. Did average like a point and a half more. Uh, and then 2.7 assists less. So is he really putting up the type of numbers that Luka is? No. Did he have the same success on the court that Luka did? No. He couldn't carry his team to the playoffs. So, and then he was ranked like 20, 21. So he's still in that all-star tier. Despite not having on-court success. And despite having less than half the rebounds and three three-fourths of the assists. Just just say you, you you don't like when white players are hyped in any way. And keep it moving. Again, I, I don't get into this type of crap. I could not care less where he is ranked. I'm not a front runner. I don't enjoy having guys that are praised and loved. Uh, I don't enjoy bandwagon fans and having to decipher who's who. So miss me with any of this ranking bullcrap. Uh, I think the only one I really talked about was Zion. Like, I don't understand how he can be ranked where he is after playing, like, five games. But whatever. It'll all shake itself out on the basketball court at the end of the day. 
I expect Luka to ball out, do be more efficient than he was this past season, which is my goal for him. I may put out I may put out some written content for uh the Mavs this season. Um, I was thinking about doing it this weekend. I may push it back to uh just before the season. We'll see. But uh yeah, I think uh I'm starting to ramble now. I feel like I maybe said some things I didn't want to say. But uh it is what it is. I appreciate you guys as always tuning into the Bibs Quarter podcast. I, I I enjoyed your questions. Thank you for engaging me. Um before we sign off, I'm going to remind you hit my pin tweet at Bibs Corner. Do the survey, please. I want your feedback. I want your input. Um, I want to know what you like, what you don't, what you might want me to start doing that I'm not doing now. Um, So hit that survey. Go hit the Mind the Reese podcast to catch me and Kenny talking mad stuff about the Mavs and all other peripheral topics. Uh, Again, Barack Obama popped in, so um, that was fun. And... um, yeah, be on, be on the lookout for some more podcast appearances. I'll be shooting those links out as they occur. And this is the part where I just start talking in circles because I don't know how to start or end things. So I'm just going to say peace and let y'all hear this outro music. Mm-hmm.